0: This whole movement to cloud is critical. I read there's only 11% of backends that are modernized. So that's not even talking about necessarily being cloud.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fintech Leaders, a weekly podcast where we learn from today's global leaders in fintech business and beyond. Coming to you from New York City, I'm your host, Miguel Armaza. If you enjoyed this conversation, I encourage you to share it and please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows so more people can learn from it. Today, I bring you my conversation recorded live at Money 2020 in Las Vegas where I sat down with Amit Parikh, EVP of Banking as a Service at Green Dot, and Ginger Baker, Head of Financial Access at Plaid. We discussed the evolution of consumer data technologies and the importance of providing customers with transparency around data sharing practices. What are some of the technologies that will be absolutely critical to support the growth of fintech into 2023 and beyond? Ginger and Amit know all about it. How fintech companies can actually help consumers navigate challenging economic times with expanded access to information and novel financial services, the future of partnerships between fintechs, incumbent banks, and big tech, and just a lot more. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ginger and Amit. Welcome, Amit, Ginger. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of a busy money 2020. Um, so, Amit, you're the EVP of Bass at Green Dot, and Ginger, you're the head of financial access at Plaid. Maybe let's get started by hearing a little bit about your roles and what are some of your responsibilities. So maybe we can start with Amit.
0: Uh, so uh, I run the Bass business here at Green Dot, which is working with partners to create great solutions for the end consumer uh, in order to provide easier access to uh, financial services. So uh, examples of this is Apple Cash, uh, QuickBooks, Checking, um, Amazon Flex. We power those solutions either via APIs or via white label apps.
2: And I'm Ginger Baker, and um, my role at Plaid is the head of financial access. We call this part of the business financial access because it's really built on the premise and principle that people should have access to their financial data. So this part of the, the organization builds all of the technology and products that ensure that a person can permission their data to other applications in the fintech ecosystem. Also, kind of a play on words, build tools for financial service companies so that they can access the same kinds of technology that many of our fintech customers have accessed traditionally.
1: Wonderful. So we, we have a lot to talk about. Let's can we do a fun fact first? Please, I'd love to.
2: So Amit and I have worked together before. And so this is gonna. This is like a friends reunion because when I was at Square and he was at Discover, yes. we spent uh, many, many a day together in these kinds of conversations. So you might get a wide range.
1: I love it. A yes. really
2: interesting reference. Points. Yeah,
1: we, we <laughs> might even hear some uh, anecdotes from that's right. Us live. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about, I guess the this the, the status quo of our world, which is you know we're going through. Maybe we're getting close to a recession, right? There's no doubt that this year has seen a slowdown and the consumer is starting to encounter financial uh, trouble. So, from your point of view, uh, for both companies, how do you think our sector, the filter sector, uh, can actually serve the consumer throughout these
0: times? We-
2: yeah, sure, I'll start. So, um- we, in, in fact, we just did a survey in, with a similar vantage point or a similar topic about how people are managing their money with fintech. And during times of economic hardship, we see that people are turning just as much to fintech as they did during COVID. And we thought that COVID was this really unique explosion of reliance on digital tools. But what we're seeing is that 64% of Americans say that they will look towards financial uh, services and digital financial services to help them manage the, the uncertainty of the time ahead. Um, we're seeing that in order to do that, they're asking for things like real-time information. So about a third of consumers were saying, real-time information is absolutely critical for me to understand like, how healthy am I financially right now and how can I make the best decisions with the information that I have. And then you have another third of people saying, as soon as I can finish my daily responsibilities, then I need to look for ways to protect for the future. So they're saying, how can I start to invest with different types of applications or start to put money away? So they're already starting to think about the sequence of their life cycle of financial management and turning to fintech much more than they have in the past.
0: What we hear is it's all about time. So how do you save people time? And uh, there was one of the, the CIOs of one of the large banks made a comment that no one wakes up in the morning saying, I want to go to the bank. So how do you make this way easier and, and when we see what consumers are all driving towards is now we've made the barriers to entry much lower of access to their financial history and their future. And so as we've been able to embed these products, they want more and more insights into, hey, how do I stretch my dollar? And am I making the best use of my money? Which we all know your financial picture is a very emotional Situation. So, as we can make it more convenient and a better view of their cash flow, we see consumers saying, "Oh, I have a better experience over here. It's more convenient." And they start to adopt it, and what we've also seen is fintech has driven a lot of innovation over the last few years, mainly driven upon giving people faster access to their money. And so, you know, as as we think about the future, is that's our job. How do we make it super, super convenient in a safe and secure manner, so people can make the best decisions up their hard earned?
1: I love that we're talking about access because it's on one end it's about giving the consumer access to their money, but also Ginger on your end from Plaid, you are giving corporations and incumbents fintechs access to more data on the consumer which I imagine also becomes even more important during uh, traveling financial times. Are you you also seeing this side of- um, Yeah,
2: so so the tools that we have in our personal finance area or our product bundle there are really well utilized during times like this. Um, And it is for that exact reason. People wanna make sure that um, consumers have that information in real time. And so our customers are able to build great products, right? That generate really meaningful insights um, for, their, for their consumers. Um, in addition, though, on the access side, you know, people are expecting access to different types of applications simultaneously. So consumers use an average of about three fintech apps today. And this is up pretty significantly over the past few years. Um, and they want to know that the information from all of their tools that they use to manage their financial life can be moved around, right? They expect interoperability between their financial data. And so they want to know what's the data that I need to make this application work well? Or now that I've developed this re- really great relationship with Green Dot, how can I expand that into other types of services and applications that are going to meet a different part of my need or to combine the information together? So we're seeing not just our customers asking for access to build better products, consumers themselves saying, we want to have uh, all of the information from our different types of services combined. And uh,
1: I mean, so you partner. Honor- with a lot of institutions that are serving clients, but you also go direct to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Over the last couple of years, since launching those capabilities, what have you learned and what changes have you observed?
0: Uh, What we've learned is um, how important the experience is compared to what it was five, six, seven years ago. So I give this example of we've all turned into human ATMs. You know, how do we turn into human ATMs? We made person to person, collectively, the industry made moving money easier. And so, what we've seen is we've brought down the barrier to be able to open a new account. And so, people are very willing to test new and new financial features because, in their mind, they're trying to solve something. They don't see it as a financial product necessarily. And then you have a great opportunity to build that relationship. If you are, Consistently innovating, making it super, super easy. Um, This whole model has moved to top of wallet to a transaction-based decision. What's What's the easiest product I can use in this model? And so what we've learned is, hey, we have to make sure that from a consumer standpoint, we're making it as easy, the solution's as easy to use as possible. And embedding this, Embedding financial services into their, the current products that they're using. Example, embedding moving money message. So, I'm already having a conversation with Ginger, and so I can easily send money. And so being able to say, okay, what's the best customer experience? And then walking back saying, and how with us being a bank, plus having a platform, plus having a retail network, where consumers can still go and physically get cash or deposit cash, how do we bring all of that together? And so that's what we've learned is that continuing to integrate it into their daily lives is super, super. I
1: wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about privacy. So we live and operate in a highly regulated environment. We're dealing with people's money. So, and also with some of their money reflects some of their most private data out there. So from from Green Dot's, Uh, Well, you and you obviously work with the regulator very closely. How has consumer data protection of it especially involved? um, What are you seeing these days? Um,
0: uh, What's really interesting is you see, um, based upon this influx of API-based solutions, features, you're actually seeing a lot of data moving outside of what a consumer would believe Outside the financial ecosystem, like different partners are actually consuming that data because that's the easiest way to deliver a feature. And so I think we're very early right now in making sure consumers know what's mm-hmm. happening with their data. So I think that's going to be a, a, a continual evolution. Um, I think from a Green Dot standpoint, I think that's one of the, the benefits yes. that we have of being the full service provider. Is we are doing the the identification of the consumer. You know, we are the ones that move and so, based upon us being the bank plus the platform, it's all encompass. so we take that very, very seriously. And if we are, if we are sharing data outside of Green Dot, it has to be very, very clear to the consumer of this is what's happening with your data. And so I think that is the bar. I think you know as as we blur financial services into just everyday life, it's going to be have to be a very, very clear and and Very clear of who is consuming the data and what for. Junior, this is bread and butter. Yeah,
2: yes, (laughs) you saw me nodding a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: we uh, share many of the exact same sentiments, which is probably why we've partnered so well over the over the years. Um, So the security of consumers' data, the transparency about what data is being shared and when, and the control to take an action on whether or not you want to continue to share that data are like three foundational principles that we're building products around every day so we've modified um, not only the way that the consumer goes through the experience to link an account to another service to make sure that they understand what information is being provided for what purpose and to whom Uh, but we've also built a a tool it's called permissions manager um, it's actually for partners like green dot to be able to that kind of control experience for their customers so that a customer can come or a consumer can come to Green Dot or another data partner um, and take advantage of a a service that will tell them, this is where your data has been permissioned. This is what it's being used for. And if you would like to stop permissioning it, you can take an action to get that done. And so what that requires is it requires real-time synchronization across many different participants in the entire ecosystem, which is not easy, but it's also very important. Um, So that control and transparency piece is something that we're particularly paying attention to.
1: Have you had to do, I'm just curious, have you had to do a lot of consumer education to get users comfortable to share their data more and more?
2: So, uh, yes, uh, we haven't done direct consumer education in that, but many of our partners do. right? So many of the financial institutions with whom we work and many of our customers with whom we work um, do that kind of education as well. But what we're trying to do is make sure that when the person's in the moment, he he was talking about embedded finance, this is also like embedded information, embedded financial literacy. Like when you're actually going through the experience to share your data, that you're being told in that moment, like what is this being used for and to whom is it being permissioned? So the consumer can make the decision about whether or not this is right for them. So we think that education in the experience directly is is a great step forward.
0: I think one of the problems we're gonna face is if the consumer's not comfortable with this, usually they have a binary choice. Say no, and they don't get; they're not able to do what they wanted to carry out, or they they're uncomfortable with it. But they say yes, and you know their data is being transferred. And so I think there's an evolution here that we're going to go through. Now, um, I think I think this is part of the innovation. Yeah. Is first thing is is transparency, but then you know how do you ensure that all that data that is being asked for is actually required, mm. uh, which this is a longer-term journey that, that we're all on. Yeah. yeah, one of
1: my previous guests was talking about this specifically and, and commenting how the consumer actually trusts that the trust in an institution grows when they're they're aware that they they're, that their data is being shared.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, so so that that education I think is very important. Very helpful.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, Apple is asking me now whether or not I want to permission or share my data Case in a point. particular way for particular reasons with certain apps, and I'm like, no, I don't actually <laughs> want to do that. So, you know, and, and that helps uh, to increase my trust of that service provider. You know, absolutely giving me the visibility.
0: So I'll give you an example that happened last night. So I get here, and uh, line to check in is huge. Yeah. So what are my two options? Wait in the line, or download the mobile key. Take a picture of the front and back of my ID to this app that I have no uh, i have no necessarily built trust uh, from the past. And now I'm taking a picture of my front and back of my ID. I have no idea what's happening with this information. I have no idea of how do I control that after it turned been done. So I do that. <clears throat> Get up to my room and then the key doesn't work. <laughs> so then I come all the way back down to the lobby. And So I would have been better off not sharing my data, waiting in the line and getting the physical key. I bring that up as it's early on as we work through this. And how do you make it a much more trusted experience that actually works? You're not the first one to share that story. (laughs) And I won't be the last. So
1: let's talk a bit about uh, the next few years in FinTech and then we're emailing offline and, and some of the Key trends that you're seeing, you know, are of course, uh, development of cloud, artificial intelligence, just huge these days, and open source software. So in order to, for fintech, to make the most out of this nascent and developing technologies, what are some of the critical tech that is going to take us there, is going to power through the industry? Uh, through these trends, sure.
0: well, I, I mean, first, I think this whole movement to cloud is critical. I read there's only 11 percent of back- backends that are modernized, so that's not even talking about necessarily being in the cloud. And so, I think one, uh, that's uh, the first, step. Um, because then your cost of actually trying when it's when it's cloud di- when it's cloud native. Um, the ability to leverage AI to provide a much better mobile experience is all there are for you. Uh, so, I think that is like the number one aspect to it. The second one is bringing context from your partners. So, from our standpoint, how do you bring the context that they have on the consumer along with the context that we have to provide a way better experience that is trusted? I think that's a very hard problem to solve if you're on prem with data segregated all across. And so to me, this, this cloud, the advent of machine learning in, in AI that we're seeing the innovation um, and the ability that on your device, it's expected that it's going to be there, right where you ask. So Green Dot's in the midst of a technology transformation. So we are going to the cloud with our backend uh, provider. So for banking, plus our carbon management system, we are uh, going from on-prem solution Disparate on on from solution to a cloud based solution, and so I think that's super super critical. I was having a partner meeting earlier today to say, how do we take the information you have along with ours to help drive better acquisition and reduce term? So how do we provide better solutions to our customers? So um, I, I think five years is a long time, you, you know, to to think about kind of where we're going to be because I, I don't believe there's this aha like one change when we look back five years ago. It's these incremental changes that have occurred, kind of like the human ATM concept. Like last year, when we were here; everyone was talking about a super yeah. app. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many people are going to talk about a super app this, this year. Uh, and so, I don't necessarily know if it's these big things. It's the, the small things that, as we continue to innovate, and as startups um, continue to push us, I, I was I mean, there are seventeen thousand fintechs in the world. A little bit. This is six-month-old information. And 20% of the unicorns are in FinTech across all industries, which has been good on one end because it's pushed innovation. On the other end, we're in an interesting funding cycle. So I believe that, you know, as we think about the cloud, as we think about delivering great solutions to to, park, yeah. to consumers, it's about like partnerships that Green Dot and Cloud have, is how do we create that transparency, that trust, and that security to deliver in the moment, the insight that the that the customer needs.
2: Do you a prediction? So um, I'm going to go off of the tech track for a second and actually just talk about people, because I I think that one of the things I'll just use my personal example that I will often get distracted from is whether or not a particular technological advancement is worth investing in, and. Uh, that next shiny thing, whether or not you're utilizing um, different types of algorithms for something, or you want to invest in digital assets or blockchain, like there's a lot of topics that are very interesting to explore. I I just advise us all to stay very hyper-focused on what people are trying to do and help them realize the action that they want to take. And sometimes that means leveraging and building and investing in new technologies. Sometimes that means like listening more closely and making a very small adjustment that's, where, that's when we're successful. That's when all of these incremental changes that we've been doing over the last number of years for us many, many years um, actually add up to real meaningful impact. But as soon as you take your eye off the ball and you start just talking about the tech or just talking about some trend and you miss what is the person actually trying to do and how can you help them realize that intention more safely, more securely, faster, better, et cetera, you've missed. So my uh, hope is that the next uh, trend? Is that we all get just to stay and remain?
1: You talk about partnerships, Green Nut and Plant a fantastic partnership. Um, I want to kind of get your thoughts on the evolution of partnerships between fintechs and incumbents, and also fintechs and big tech, right? Um, all the large players in, in the tech world. They, it seems like they don't want to get a license because that would add a lot of complexity, but they do want a piece of the pie of financial services. Um, how do you think this partnership is going to evolve?
2: So I have two observations. One, we talked about fintech and, and people assume that's a different entity type than many of the incumbents. I would actually say there's some very great fintechs who are incumbents, right? And so I want to be careful about the terminology that we use. So that, that's one observation. And then to put it more concretely, we're seeing it at Plaid because traditionally we had had two sides of Plaid's network. Um, financial institutions and incumbents who were data partners to Plaid and then fintechs and entrepreneurs who were building solutions. That The two sides of that network have completely almost completely converged, <laughs> not completely converged, but they're getting much closer where we have some of the largest data partners now consuming the same kinds of products and solutions, right? Those same APIs and as customers. And then we have some of our largest customers uh, who are also very important data partners.
0: I love what Ginger said because it comes down to focus and speed. So if if a partner wants to do X, who can they work with, either do it themselves or who can they partner with to that's going to deliver on time provide the right experience, and continue to innovate with them. And so at the end, if it's a large financial institution, if it's a fintech, if it's a startup, it doesn't really matter. It goes back to that. It's that consumer need that the partner's trying to drive. And who who has that right culture to actually enable it? And so I, I think I was at, have a conversation this morning, and someone asked me about two different large companies. Well, the difference is focus. And so I take that. Is where are they focused? Are they trying to do too many things? Or are they really focused on this specific solution? Do they have the right tools to bring that to market? So I come back to focus these people.
1: So this next question is for both of you, but I think especially for Ginger. Uh, and it's about the role of Callaway 3, um, blockchain, crypto. What? is actually starting to make inroads into Web3. You you don't want someone else to be the Plaid of Web3. Plaid wants to be (laughs) the Web3. (laughs) So uh, tell us a bit about this very recent announcement.
2: Yeah, so we have done two things recently um, in Web3. Um, One is the announcement that you just saw recently that enables people to link their wallets um, into the Plaid ecosystem. And this is really an evolution of our link experience where really any kind of source of information that a person wants to commission to another application should be able to be completed through PLAT. And so that's really just doubling down on our principles about ensuring that people, no matter where their data sits or what their data is, have the ability to connect through PLAT. Um, the other thing that we've done is we've also been connecting into data sources um, for aggregation. Um, so we have uh, Binance, Kraken, a couple of other big exchanges to connect. So, again, playing on kind of both sides of Plaid's network around all of the Web3 and crypto activities. But I'm going to come back to the point I made just prior, which is that we would not have done that if our customers and their consumers weren't asking us to do it. So um, don't go invest in something like Web3 if it doesn't actually solve a problem or open up an opportunity or answer a consumer need or a customer request. And those were the requests that we were getting every day. So we listened to our customers and we built the thing that we're asking for. And consumers increasingly have assets that sit outside of the traditional system. And so they want to pull in, like, what are the balances in your Binance account? Because that's an important component of your overall wealth portfolio. And How do I give you a great wealth management product or a personal financial management product if I don't have that information in mind? So we've seen um, more, you'd be a little surprised, I think it's not been a totally different set of customers that are looking for the connections to those institutions, but our traditional customers looking to augment. So it does both, both expands the customer base and then augments the solutions
1: that we've provided. So question for both of you before we go. Over the last year, obviously markets have shifted, it's tougher out there for sure, especially for tech. As leaders within your companies, so, How has your leadership style changed evolved in the last like, 10 months?
2: So we've just been talking about focus, focus, focus um, at the company more in, with increasing frequency, right? What is the thing that we do really well? Continue to do it. What's the thing our customers are asking for? Continue to deliver it. Like there's, you know, we just need to continue to keep focusing on what is the thing that's going to move the company forward in the way that we want it to and get everyone rallied around those big things. So sometimes it's changing the language or, or, communicating and narrating the priorities in a way that's more visible to the whole company. So everyone understands these are the four things that we must do next year that are absolutely critical for our success. And like, let's how are we going to get the resources that we need and organize the company in a way that's going to help us deliver on those, whatever it is, however many things, Um, but focus is definitely an increasing thing.
0: I I mean, over the last 10 months, I think people are craving connection even more because it's been, you know, from the pandemic, To then a lot of companies going remote, so Green Dot's gone fully remote, and so it's it's these craving connections of yes, we have to focus from a business standpoint, but how do you translate from you know back in 2014, Ginger and I going to a baseball game, that was fun, and building that connection (laughs) to now where you're dispersed. So the last ten months has been how do you digitize this? building these connections, which has been really, really hard. And I think that there's a lot of tests going on of how we're gonna do better at this. Um, and no one has has solved that. I think our ability to continue to test and learn and become much better at building these connections as we're remote, it's gonna be an interesting evolution of this hybrid work environment. And so for the last 10 months, it's been about testing a bunch of things. Ginger, Amit, thank you
1: so much you. for joining. It's been great. Uh, I'm sure the audience is going to learn a ton.
2: Yeah, this was fun. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you all.
1: Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Amit from Green Dot and Ginger from Plaid. If you want more interviews, make sure to subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you get your shows. It helps and means a lot. And if you have any suggestions or thoughts about the show, please drop me a line on Twitter or LinkedIn. Signing off till next week, I'm your host, Miguel Armasa.